You are now listening to the Take and Run Podcast. I think Steph Curry also. There, there's a such thing as an ultimate green light. I think he has it. I think in my lifetime, I've seen three players with an ultimate green light: Steph Curry, mm-hmm. Kobe Bryant, Carmelo Anthony. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about New York Knicks. Mm-hmm. Melo could go 11 for 35, and he was gonna. And not play defense. Nope. What are you gonna do? You're gonna take me out, Mike Woodson. Mike Woodson was. The second leading scorer on that team was JR off the bench. The last three episodes of WandaVision will be an hour each. Okay. That's going to make me feel a lot better. Mm. WandaVision really does mess with my head, though. Because it's like, the first few episodes, you're just like, oh, this is going to be a I Love Lucy type storyline. Yep. And then it just goes real dark, real fast. It makes me question every existence that's happened since Endgame. I think that was kind of the plan. But, but I, I mean, that was the plan. But I mean, it's it's supposed to be the bridge to the next set of Avengers movies, I guess. It is really trippy how close this couch matches your other couch. Yeah, when you and Seth brought it in, Seth literally said, hey, Mike, it matches your rug. And the first thing I said is, don't talk about this rug. Because <laughs> I have a perfectly fine blue rug. Yep. And so, you know, people want to talk about my rug and say, Mike, you got blue. Yes, you, Corey. You literally walk into my, Mike, you got blue. I said, what? Yes. Are you having blue? Yes. My rug was dark blue. And you came over one day and said, like, oh, you got a rug. It's blue. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it was a blue rug. It was a blue rug. I, I just know how minimal you are. I am an ultimate minimalist. I mean, I could function with just a couch. You got the middle one up without it falling off? Yes, I did. That was mm-hmm. also... A lot of decorating goes into moving into yeah. a new place, and I don't like decorating whatsoever. As you can see, I've been in my house for two and a half years, and we still have <laughs> several unpainted and decorated rooms. Well, like... The painting that Aaliyah made. I'm not going to hang it up in here because I'd rather hang it up in a house house rather than put stuff in the wall and mm-hmm. do all that stuff. It's not that I don't have the time. I have more than enough time. I just don't want to. to. poke holes through that. Yeah. yeah. That's a heavy piece. It is. It is, but I mean, it's nice. And anytime people come over, the first thing they say is, oh, that's a nice piece. Mike. I know it's pretty dope. It literally explains how I feel about my life at times. It's been, I was reading something today where they were talking about, it feels like this has been the worst part of the pandemic mentally for a lot of people. Because it's like, you, at first there was so much mass hysteria around it, so much fear. And so that, that fear is, but was just like, we don't know how long this is going to last. So I'll do whatever you tell me. I'll stay in the house. I won't go nowhere. I won't do nothing. But now we fully know and understand what this virus is, uh, is capable of doing. We know that they're, they're either about to shut everything back down 
or let things back open again like they did last summer and then have to shut everything back down. And it's like you, you're staring at the end of the barrel like, so when it's like, when is this going to happen? Like, been, I'm no longer afraid. It's been a year. Exactly. I'm no longer afraid, but I know there's still more time to come. And, and that's the scary part about it. And then they give all these assumptions on the vaccinations, you know. Hey, you're going you're gonna to get them in April. You're going to get them in June. We might not get them until 2021. My great-grandmother turns 97 this year, and she just got her first shot. And I'm like, if she isn't the epitome of somebody who's in need of vaccination, why is she getting it so late compared to everybody else where they're saying, you know, yeah. older people, healthcare workers are first in line? Which I never understood, but I also feel like I have a convoluted and improper view towards who needs to be vaccinated first. What do you mean? I think people who are actively working and actively spending money and actively moving to further whatever each country's agenda is are the people who need to be protected because they're out moving. Like, if either any of my grandparents or great-grandparents were alive right now and they had the shot... I would still be sitting there like, all right, cool. Don't go nowhere. Like, yeah. if you have it, sit your tail down. Like, you yeah. still should not be out right now. So, I feel like the people who are actively influencing the economy are the, are the, are the first. Like, older people have to stay home anyway. Yeah. Um, vaccine or not. Yep. So, I'm just like, I, I think it makes more sense. But I, I might be thinking of it. Like, I, I understand why it's being done the way it is. People who are at higher risk of having adverse effects of the virus should be taken care of first. Yeah, it's it's all just convoluted. I was reading another post um, where it's like, when this pandemic is over, are you going to go out without a mask? And I was just like, first of all, no. Second of all, over. There, There's two things there that don't make sense to me. If you're talking about a global pandemic, historically speaking... A year is a short time yes. for a pandemic. Yes. Everybody's like, it's probably because we're in this new age where we want everything fast. We have everything on television. The news is highly accessible, so we feel like we are engaged yep. with how it's going along. Historically speaking, even epidemics yep. last eight, ten years. This is a global pandemic where even more developed countries, people say the United States is a developed country. I think it's a lie. I think it's underdeveloped in most countries. But countries like um, Great Britain, they've had to go into lockdown after lockdown, mm -hmm. open up lockdown. How are we going to deal with that in, you know, as time goes along? Well, we were talking about that this morning in service where it's like <clears throat> masks are going to be a thing for a very, very long time. Yes. So uh, and to that point, like in China, they were wearing masks well before this. When you had to do with the SARS epidemic, it was just like you just got you like you always would see people, and I always thought it was an air quality thing, not a SARS thing. But um, you always see people with the mask on. I, I think that it's it's going to be a very long time before you see anybody out anywhere without a mask. Um, I think the world will go back to as what the world will become a new type of normal. It, we will not see what we had before this for a very long time. Yeah. I, I don't... Like, you and I being, what, you know, 
statistically speaking, middle-aged black men, Correct. statistically, Correct. our kids, if we were to have them, I don't think they'll go, come into this world with it being the way that we did. No. So it's going to take a lot of time for that to even, to even c- compute in our heads. Because we're thinking about, hey, when I was a kid, I was able to go outside, do that. We just went around doing anything willy-nilly. Are we live? Yeah. Okay. We've been live. I was, it's a solid point. It was the way... It, I was like, I realized you weren't talking to me. We've been like, Corey, you know I just start. <laughs> I was just like... I felt he was like, oh, before we start. And then I was just like, oh, cool. He's just rapping. No, like, I mean, as you were it, talking it, got, right, it got important. Yeah, as we <laughs> were talking right now, I was like, he's not talking to me. It got important. <laughs> he's talking real, to everybody right but, now. But for real, it's just like, um, my brother's 20 years old. Mm-hmm. And he's going through this college life. College life isn't even the same now. I know people where they never went back to campus. But campuses have to be open because a lot of kids, that's their only way of living because they're coming from different states, different countries. We had that conversation when they first started um, disbanding and canceling college seasons. When Remember when Trevor Lawrence came out? And yeah. It was just like, we should be able to play. And he caught COVID. Then he caught COVID. But, I mean, to his, I think he was right. There's just like, look, there's a lot of my teammates. They could, if they got to go home, they're they not coming back. Yep. There's a lot of my teammates. To where, because they're paid, they're paid, quote unquote, air quote, they're um, sponsored athletes here. They have access to testing. They have access to health care. They have access to food that keeps them healthy. When they go back home, ain't no personal chefs. Ain't no team chefs. When they go home, ain't no access to medication when they need it. Don't let me get political with the fact that I feel like this is where the downfall in economics is the fact that we put more money into college college athletics yeah. than we do to the places those athletes live. But that's capitalism. It that's is. just what I'm going to funnel resources into what can offer me my return on my investment, not what's morally correct. Well, did you see this past season of Last Chance U? I don't think so. I think I started it. Well, it's in Oakland. In Oakland. Yeah, I started. And Oakland is Oakland. Very, very... De- it's a developing city. Yes. But most people remember 90s Oakland as that's the hood. That, that's yes. really gangster. Pre-gentrification. Exactly. So they literally go into the fact that you could stand on one side of the street. Mm-hmm. The redlining is very, very prevalent. Yeah. Where there was an athlete. He's living in a trailer on one side of the line. And next to him are apartment buildings being built. Mm-hmm. But he could only afford to live there. That's like, um, I always used to tell people when they came to Bridgeport, you know, being from New York, all my family and my cousins just say, oh, you got it good. And where I lived, we had, well, I had two parents who worked hard. We had it good. But I was like, you get things real backwards about Bridgeport really quickly. You drive down, what's that, Park Ave where State Street splits it? Yeah. And it's like you go north of part of that state street split and it's like like many mansions those those houses on the north side of that are the same quote-unquote many mansions that they have that are three family homes now yeah on the south side of state street exactly because i remember um when aj had the spot on the west side when it it was him Paige, and um julian and he's just like like they it was like the only house on the street that hadn't been converted to like a three or three and a half family house. 
So all the walls are still open, all the rooms. I'm just like, yo, like people was really living, living in Bridgeport in, in the early, what, 50s, 40s, 50s, well, and 60s. Well, that's where it, Bridgeport was the industrial capital of the world. And people still have to pay, like Bridgeport's the industrial capital of the world. Nice. But like you said, one side of the State Street Park Ave line, you're going towards Fairfield. Yeah. You're going towards the nice houses. Sacred Heart's up there, right? Sacred Heart is up there. Yeah. Then you go to the other side, you're going to UB and everything. Yeah. Not saying I graduated from UB, yeah. but the area surrounding UB is insane. I always used to joke. It was just like, you got the mayor's house and all that nice house on the north side of State Street, and then you cross over, and there's dudes bench pressing on their porches. There is. <laughs> there is. A whole bunch of Sprint and Nextel shops. A lot of Sprint and Nextel And a lot of, a lot of Jamaican pits. Yeah, facts. Oh, man. It's pits. They were having pit-offs, mm-hmm. literally, just staring at each other that across smoke. the street. All I'm that just smoke like, yeah. coming from barrels and other places. Yeah, some jerk chicken must be crazy. Jerk chicken is weak. Jerk chicken fire. <laughs> but... I don't know. Back to the topic. I feel like this whole COVID situation, it puts a lot of people in a precarious spot. I think, you know, for me mentally, I would say this is probably the hardest part mentally for me. But that's the Mm -hmm. fact that I'm making a transition in my life along with, you know, you know, talking to Al yesterday. It was just like, hey, the world, the world, how are you enjoying Charlotte, even though it isn't really Charlotte? I'm like. Yeah, you're right, but it's something to look forward to. It's yeah. something to see, you know, how everything adjusts. Um, I've been here five months now, mm-hmm. and it's um, like, yeah, it's been five months already, and I've seen some ins and outs because I've been here before, so it's yeah. I'm able to navigate during the day. Yeah. But I was <laughs> talking to my friend's mother today. It was just like, she literally asked me, well, what do you do in your spare time? I'm like, Mom, I'm 26 years old. Anything I do after 8 o'clock is, involves me getting food yeah. or getting ready for bed. That's about it. I'm not going out. I'm not partying. Nah. I'm not doing this, that, the third. And that's like, and that is a sad thing because like, as I've gotten older, I have grown to, grown to like appreciate and really like nice, tasteful spots. Yeah. Like you remember, like I hate it. I, I, I really, I hate spending money. But I hate going out. I hate parties. I hate clubs. I hate it because I don't know how to have a good time. So it's like like the second I walk into any type of situation, I'm instantly thinking like, all right, where are the closest exits? I'm 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 always ready for anything. Why is he staring at him like that? And then you start going... They didn't metal detect me when I walked in here. You start like I'm married, as I'm sitting here with my yeah. wife. Like, all right, stand close, stand clear of the closing doors, please, because like you never know when something's gonna jump. Yeah, and like that's why I've been very successful, especially as I've met more people in my profession who are just like, oh yeah, there's a spot over here. It's like, you get to meet a person and say, okay, you're not out here with the foolishness. Yeah, that's, so, that's why I get advice from you. Yeah, it's like... I'm, I'm the same way. Where it's just like, I don't... You got something to lose. You, you can't yeah. be, I know you're not out here wild because you got something to lose. Yeah, it's like, yo, I, I don't want to be out. I hate clubs. Yep. I despise them. I could go to a bar every now and then, mm-hmm. but it can't be like one of those bars that's... A bar club where yeah. there's a bar on one side and everybody dancing and partying on the other. Nah. Because then when the dancers start bumping into me, I get aggravated. No problem. 
So I just like, you know, a I nice bar with music. Yeah. I like live music. Uh, that was the thing I miss. Um, but yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see when the world starts to go back to normal. What, uh, or, or the, the world becomes what it will become post-COVID. Um, post-COVID quarantine. Yeah. <laughs> it'll be interesting to see what becomes of live events, um, outdoor activities. Because people have, people have been forced to get really creative with the ways really creative so, and I don't think that'll stop I think it sparks some areas in the brain going forward so I think I think it won't stop because it's gonna be more lucrative oh yeah it is so much easier for you to like Kevin Hart's stand up was in his house yeah. not much easier it is to say hey um I'm not paying for a venue nope I'm just gonna do it in my business you know, blindfold 30 people throw them in a van <laughs> yeah, exactly. and drive them here I guess it is as simple as that you know if Beyonce were to do a live concert from her backyard right now, you are not going to tell me. People would not pay the yeah, same amount. Definitely. How much? I need to find how much a Beyonce ticket costs. It probably costs at least. A lot. Well, even Nosebleed. It's like 200 it's more than that. Least, at the very least. When when they came, I think, what was that? The On The Run Tour? Yeah. When the On The Run Tour came in Charlotte, that was right after. Um, that's when Justin Timberlake was doing the 2020 experience and both those tickets were like 300 a pop in charlotte so beyonce tickets could be found as low as 98 dollars, but that's like that's assuming you can grab them fresh yeah, out because normally out. people sell um buy them and then resell them so it's just like hey you know oh there we go that's a lot better 294 dollars. so 294 dollars for an average beyonce ticket yeah. you're not telling me people would say hey you know Bring friends, family over, put it on the TV. We are watching Beyonce perform live in her backyard. Yes. And we are, yes. I'll pay the $200. Without doubt. Without doubt. It, Do I get some merch with it? Do I get a t-shirt? Do I get a, a Beyonce beret when she come back out and do another Coachella type deal? Like this. And, and that's the big thing I feel for artists is, is those merch sales. Like, yeah, I, I do agree that you could sell tickets to um virtual shows but like that nostalgia of like yeah i'm at astro world and i got well, and that's where i was gonna sure that's where i was gonna go to it's yeah, like roller coaster. that that goes a lot towards how much money the artists make too yes astro world made a lot of money not just because of the album but that because merch. of the merch and Nicki minaj famously went on astro world didn't sell all of that you know the funny thing is that like, you just said that and it reminded me remember the conversation we had at mcdonald's that night after we played football and we were talking about the Travis Scott bill yeah. and the Brad, who came next? They Nobody. did it. They did they it the whole thing. They stopped it because the J Balvin meal probably sold yeah. like two meals. Two meals. No, was nobody was listening to the J Balvin meal. That was a poor second second choice. Because we all know, or Meg got shot. I think Meg was lined up next. Meg, was, Meg like, was lined up for the big booty burger. Exactly. Meg was just like, <laughs> oh, the big booty burger. <laughs> <laughs> and they nixed the whole joint. Yeah, man. But that's, it's literally the thing. It's the merch sales mm-hmm. are where a lot of people get their money. Yeah. And that's why, you know, I keep looking at what um, West Side Gun's doing. He's opening up an art thing. store. Nice. And he's selling merch. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be interested to see the rollouts coming out with these artists now. I mean, Cardi B's coming with something. Yeah. I can't wait because now I'm... I'm sorry, but Invasion Privacy was really good. I don't know who Ann R's her albums, but they do a great job. A really good job that she picks great music. She sequences music really great. 
that album might might have two skips on it, right. and 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 the two skips is are probably dependent on my mood. I'm about to say, I think the two how much sk- liquor have I into? I have think I the two skips right? for me on that album are the fact that I do not empathize with no, as I mean, much. Yes, yes. Correct. Like for me, like Beckenhead, I love that song, but it's just like not I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not made for us. No, what, it wasn't made for us. It wasn't. I can't be mad at it though. She she makes music for her. Yes, she's epitome of somebody. Make music for me. Um, I'm anticipating the Drake rollout. I'm not. You have to anticipate the Drake rollout. When it, we establish that Drake doesn't drop duds. No. And I'll always appreciate the project later on, but I don't know. Well, that's how I felt. Like, today's the anniversary of, if you're reading this, it's too late. I did not like that mixtape when it first came out. I loved it. But as time went on, it aged very well. I also had a Subaru hatchback at the time. Because so. you're a dweeb. I, when he was like, um, rolling the Subaru hashtag. I'm talking way before hashtags. I felt that. You're a dweeb. I don't I like that. you. I really like... But that, there's some there's some tracks on that um, on that tape, though. That, that wasn't the actual album? It was a mix. You know how Drake does it. Yeah. Oh, I'm coming out with a playlist. The rules, yeah, the rules get broken when you're Aubrey Graham. <laughs> you can kind of do whatever you want. Which is garbage because it's just like, if it if it fails, he's just gonna say, "Well, it wasn't an album." Yeah, it was just me with some Lucy's. The way that he um dropped that, um, the leak that um they sent to the group chat with all those Lucy's, I was just like, "This is not it. I'm not interested in this at all." But that's the thing. Drake's Drake's gonna Drake. Drake is gonna Drake. Drake is going to Drake. I'm never going to say, hey, you know, I'm not looking forward to a Drake album. I think it's because I did. And this is to bounce off. You do not like singing Drake. No. When I first heard Legend, that was the first song on the album. And it came off so slow. I'm like, I'm not in the mood for singing Drake. I never went to the second song, which was Energy. And I was like, Dad, I might actually like yeah, this album. Enjoy. It was Energy and 10 yeah. bands. Back to yeah, back. Yeah, you can. You Come on, dog. You got to. You got to um, intro Drake go. There's very few people who could best with Drake on an on intro basis. But it's like, this was the first song I heard off of. It. Yeah, I did like this song. But I heard it off of, like, Wayne first. So I didn't assume it was a Drake song. Actually, this actually leads to a really good question. Drake, I like. Oh, you want Drake to be mad? I like, want angry Drake. You be mad, Drake. What's the question you got? How many classic albums does Drake have? Three. Being Take Care, Nothing Was the Same, and Take Care, Nothing Was the Same, and I argue that Thank Me Later is a classic album. If you listen to Thank Me Later, I, I did like Thank Me Later. If you listen to Thank Me Later again, you're just like, how many skips are really on Thank Me Later? So you look at fireworks, can't skip. Nope, karaoke can't. The resistance, no. Over, show me a good time. Up all night, fancy. Shut it down. Unforgettable. Light up, miss me. Find your love. Thank me now. Out, out of all of those, the only I don't even count I'm saying, the interlude. I'm probably skipping the interlude, but you can't. You count don't. That. I don't count interludes. I do not see a. And six. I like thank me now. I like thank me now. I count three. I count, I count that as a third. Exactly. So far gone they have here as an album. It's a mixtape. 
They came out initially as a mixtape. Yeah. I'm always going to keep it they as a mixtape. They released it. You know how I feel about it. Uh, I don't even think that this is, looking at these track lists. So Far Gone was, it had classic songs. Yes. This was the last time that Drake, I knew what a Drake sound sounded like. Before Drake became the the replica of whatever sound he was trying to imitate. Well, I mean... And that's not hate, because he does a lot of things really well. This this was the song where I'm like, if this is the Drake I'm gonna get, I could... November 18th is one of my favorite Drake songs, just because it's a chill vibe. But then... There's this song. But then this... Who's sample is this? Um, Viva La Vida by Coldplay. I always get Coldplay and like YouTube Most, mixed up. I get Coldplay and Room 5 mixed up all the time. Alright, so like, I can say Drake has three classic albums. That one just had classic songs. Or that's, that's my argument. So there. three. And three puts him at GOAT level? Compared to other rappers, and we had this conversation because if you put things in, Biggie has two classic albums. Yep. Why is Biggie always going to be the best rapper alive in the people's conversation if he only has two classic? And you are immoralizing him mm-hmm. for passing. For, for the Drake quote, and I don't think he, he got enough flack for saying it, but they take the greats from the past and compare us. I wonder if they would have survived in this era. It's, it's always question. it's always it, that's a, that's a every type of thing. That's a sport thing. That's an art thing. That's a industry thing. That's a technology thing. And it's all and of those. I was thinking about this earlier, and it's gonna sound problematic. But I was thinking of it in the sports text where, okay, Jordan and Kobe Bryant played in the same offense. They both played in triangle offense. Yeah. LeBron never played in the triangle. Never played in any sort of semblance. Never had a Phil Jackson coach, anybody like that. I don't like think that. LeBron James has ever played in any specific system. Well, they just, they just go, go. They, they're just like, LeBron, make something happen, yeah. boom. It's going to be a whole lot of picking and roll. So that's why when people say, you know, it's between Mike, Kobe, LeBron, I'm like, I think Mike could always survive in any system. It's just the triangle was able to show out a little bit more and also gave Scottie Pippen free reign. Yeah, it, the triangle took pressure off of Mike. Same thing with Kobe. It was just like the triangle worked in two different aspects. The Bulls had the two wings. Mm-hmm. The Lakers had Kobe and Shaq. And if you were on the wrong side of the triangle, you had Shaq isoed with two behind. shooters. That's your behind. LeBron is a great basketball player, and we had this conversation that there's different levels. I think mm-hmm. LeBron will always be a top two player. Top two as far as, you know, dominant players. Yeah. I don't think he was more dominant than Mike and Kobe. Uh, I, don't, I don't see LeBron as... I, if, if you look at moments where you could say, yo, this player t- takes over games routinely. Kobe Bryant could literally just... Flip a switch and say, okay, it's my turn. I've seen LeBron do that on occasion. That is true. I mean, the first time I saw him do it was against the Pistons, scored 25 in a row. Yeah. Flip the switch. I'm crazy. Kobe did it on a nightly basis. It's because he had to. LeBron Kobe, didn't? Kobe's, Kobe's game was 
Although he he was his IQ was so high, he didn't create a lot of a lot of shots for his teammates through him just possessing the ball. And he was such he a great to. he was so he, good. He was such a great scorer. Yeah. It really didn't matter. But but it's easier to be like, yo, he's taking the game over because he just hit four straight shots. He's taking the game over. He, the game is in Kobe's hands. But when the flow of the game is in LeBron's hands for forty eight minutes, it's completely think, different. I don't think LeBron's too nice. I, I think so too, but he, I think LeBron, and you talk about IQ, I think LeBron realized very, very early that the, we can only go but so far if I'm going to carry everything. Yeah. So that's why not I always get mad when people are just like, yeah, but like, and that's not really an argument anymore, but people will always go, you know, Mike never left. So? Kobe never left. So? Is your argument that their front offices brought them talent? Because you're right, if that's the case. I I hate that argument every time because are you going to... People are going to take away from Kevin Durant's legacy for him leaving. Kevin Durant is still... Shaking in Boston. Kevin Durant is still arguably the best scorer of all time. I agree. He just needed to get over the hump. Because everybody... It's a a catch-22. Hey, he didn't win the championship. He's not great. Well, he won the championship, but he was with great players. What do you want him to do? And I think he took the right, the right um, angle because in thirty years, nobody will care. Nobody. All they care about is the is the tick on the end, the 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 check mark after NBA champion. That's I, all they care about. Because if you look look at it, Allen Iverson might be higher on my list if he won a chip. Yep. Charles Barkley higher on list yep. if he won a championship. Yep. But you want to talk about pure domination? Both of them do. Both of them. Tracy McGrady might be higher on the list and wins the championship. Yep. So I'm happy Paul Pierce got his one. Paul Pierce just got one. Y'all talk greasy on Paul down. Imagine if Paul never got the help. If Paul never got one, I would put T Mac over Paul Pierce. Uh, And that would be a shame. But it's it's arguable. It is. It is. It's just as much as I say Vince Carter doesn't belong in the Hall of Fame, arguable. That's not true. Vince Carter doesn't belong in the Hall of Fame. I go by numbers. Vince Carter has zero championships. His career scoring average is 15.6 points per game. It's because he played for 50 years. Should have retired earlier. We're not going to hold that against him. I'm retired. If you were at full strength. He's putting up new records by saying and ruining his old records. You should have averaged more points when he was at full strength. That's a solid point. Shaquille O'Neal played about five years as a shell of himself. That's very true. And that all started when he got to um, LeBron. Yeah. Still was able to come out with numbers where it's just like, yeah, Shaq had a great career. You could be Hall of Fame worthy and not be Shaquille O'Neal. This is no. <laughs> like, no I'm saying Shaquille O'Neal is arguably the most dominant He's, basketball player of all time. He is the most dominant player of all time. <laughs> but it's just like, you could still be worthy of a Hall of Fame nod and not be Shaquille O'Neal. All right, well, um, Larry Bird. Larry Bird fell off because of back issues, right? Yes. Retired a little earlier, this, that, the third. He wasn't averaging Hall of Fame numbers, but he did enough in his career. That's true. I, 
I love Vince Carter. I argue he that he is a Hall of Famer, Michael. No, he is he not. Is a Hall, he is the best Canadian. He he put Canada on the map. Okay, well he couldn't. And you got to realize that the the Basketball Hall of Fame is a lot more about influence. It's a lot more about time, and it's not solely depend. He got to get off off that Olympic dunk alone. Like, well, I think influence is such a overrated. No, it's not. You've been seeing the thing going around. Who are the four most influential players in the last 30 years? They were like Steph, Kobe, LeBron, Mike. And I had an argument. Who's who's, who's out taking one of them? I'm arguing that I will put Allen Iverson in over over Kobe. We're talking influence. Uh, I don't know. I don't think Kobe had a crazy influence on the game. He was great. And I argue with your brother about this. Kobe was a Michael Jordan clone. He just had the blueprint and did it just enough to bridge the gap between MJ and LeBron. Yep. I think Allen Iverson was more of an influence. You're talking about what he did culturally for the game. Yep. You can't take Steph out. There's no, no way you take Steph out because no. of what he... There's no way you take Brown out either. No way you take Brown or Steph. Because who, who... Brown is... Brown introduced the super villain. Like, people weren't sick of watching Jordan win six. No. They people got sick after watching LeBron get his first. Like, I hope he never wins again. What? Like, what are you upset about? They, they hated the success. The, because of the the, the, ugh, the decision. The decision was a great decision. It Go was a great t- decision. He raised a lot of money for his local Boys and Girls Club. Yeah, that Donovan Mitchell was at. Yeah, yeah, man. Getting his bread right. But it's just like, yo, like, first of all, he went to a team that could use him. Yeah. I mean, everybody knew Dwayne Wade was injury prone on the decline. Chris Bosh was Chris Bosh. Chris Bosh doesn't carry nobody to the championship. No. It's just like, put LeBron on this team, make it happen. I think they said they were supposed to go to Chicago first. They were supposed to go to Chicago, but... Um, I forgot what happened. I don't think Chicago wanted to pay. Um, they weren't sure if they were gonna pay Rose, Wade, mm-hmm. and LeBron. So they tried to go to Miami and bring Melo, but Melo screwed up and signed a supermax with New York. I you want to talk about a person that you feel that way about? I can't stand Carmelo Anthony. There's no reason you shouldn't. And I've never been able to stand Carmelo Anthony never, is Carmelo Anthony is. A great scorer. He one of the best. Look at him. Look one what he's doing now. Scorer. He's over here cooking Ben Simmons, who's supposed to be an all-defensive team player. What exactly is he doing right now? Because didn't he finish that game like 24 points? Yeah. 24 points at 36 after sitting out a year. I'm not. No, no. He he had did not sit out a year. He was playing in the bubble. He was playing during the season. He's back. Okay, he's, he's back. back now. He's doing what he has to do. He's a grown behind man. But there's no. He's a first savvy all, veteran. First he all, gets a lot of wide open there's shots. There's nobody that's happier, other than probably Nick, for Melo than me. Because what he did in the bubble showed that there is no reason he should have been sitting out that year. I agree with that. Because it's like, okay, Melo didn't want to come off the bench. Carmelo Anthony has always been, uh, if you take his greatest strength, which is him putting the ball in the basket, he's always been horribly inefficient. Yes. And I don't blame him for that. But if you turn down the amount of shots that he takes... Which somebody should have done. But how are you going to do... Nobody put the talent around. In New York... They tried. If, if, your second best, if your second best on-the-ball player 
is Amari Stoudemire. You have a problem because Amari Stoudemire is a Stat was going crazy. He was. Before they brought in Tyson Chandler. Exactly my point. You, they tried to bring a super team and it was not the super team needed. No, that team was hard. They should have just said, hey, How? we won't play defense. Put Stat at the five. That team has some nerve to be expensive and bad. You want to know the <laughs> best thing that that team did was beat Steph Curry when he went off for like yes. 56. Yes. It was like Raymond Felton blocked the shot and they thought they won the championship. Right. I remember when they went above 500 for the first time. I remember my, my uncle, I remember he was living with us at the time. I was upstairs crying. Like, yo, like, 43 and 41. I'm just like, I don't, they went to play. this is ghetto. I'm a Celtic fan. <laughs> they I'm went to play the Heat in the playoffs. <laughs> it, it got, got washed. What? It got washed. It was like, this is what you wanted? It was. My question always was the same thing with Melo through his entire career. Name one thing that Carmelo Anthony does above average other than score. Nothing. He is a subpar teammate <laughs> up until right now. I'm about to say to be, now he's because he's been he's been humbled. Whether yes. he deserved the the intense humbling that he he received or not, he's been humbled. It's he's been, he's accepted his role. He he understands where he is in life. He's an awful defender. He's always been an awful defender, and he's he's a better rebounder. And I hate and I yes he he has definitely and that kind of. Rebounding is a subjective thing because of the way the game changed. Yeah. So if you look at the way the NBA was played in the 80s and the 90s with so many two-point and layup shots, what no point guard, shooting guard is going to have crazy rebound numbers unless you were like Penny Hardaway and you were like 6'8". Yeah. Um, but nowadays you see Chris Pauls, the Russell Westbrooks, the Steph Currys with these super high assist numbers because they're firing up threes 40% of the game the ball's flying out further when they miss, and now point guards and shooting guards who are naturally on a perimeter have an easier chance to go get a rebound now. So rebounding stats for people like Melo are really, really weird because of the way the game's changed. But he's always been a, a suspect leader. He's always been a suspect defender. And I hate Nick loves to bring up what well, they asked him not to play defense. What There's type no of man? No what type of man? Okay, so so he's not like that. Just say it. Because they probably asked Mike, hey, just focus a little more on the offensive end. But you wasn't getting that out of Mike. They probably told Kobe, Kobe, hey, focus. We need you to score. We can play Kobe, like, won all defense the year before he won MVP. Bro, like, you're not going to tell these killers out here that I'm just not going to play defense tonight. Unless, of course, you don't want to play defense. I never think he wanted to play defense. No, he wasn't good at it when he tried. Well, I mean... And I don't want to give him an excuse, but I'm going to. Okay. When the Nuggets were most successful, and I think that was the year it was AI, J.R. Smith, Mello, Birdman, Marcus Camby, yep. Kenyon Martin. You talk about Birdman and Marcus Camby, by this funnel the ball inside. Dude, literally, just we didn't we don't have to play defense. No. You literally surround Chase me with them a, off a, the line. a point guard that doesn't want to play defense. Yeah. A two guard that he. Tr- he tried. He tried so hard. I remember watching that playoff series, and I'm like, Jared Smith is actually trying. Kobe Bryant's just better. Yeah, he than he was only trying because it was Kobe. Yes, he was only trying. Like Kobe, he forced Kobe into fadeaway shots where I'm just like, great, great. Oh dang, man, I feel bad. What can you do? What great, better, and then better. Oh, will always take over. And then Melo didn't run. Melo only played defense because it was Kobe. Yeah. Kenyon Martin, he was still on two bad ACLs. Yep. 
So it's just funnel to Marcus Camby and Chris and Chris Anderson. Yeah, just chase them off the line and and they'll block shots. There's this very very simple solution, but uh, I, and Carmelo of course deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Yes, um, more than against Carter, without doubt. Yeah. He has a um, NCAA <laughs> championship. With yeah, Syracuse. Syracuse. Yeah, in his one year. Yeah, and he, he has a scoring um, champion. He has a scoring too. championship. Um, he has a um, he has Olympic gold medals. Yes, he holds several Olympic um, records. Yeah. Yep, he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. But people, and I, I, people love Melo because Melo don't. <laughs> the words my man Creed. Melo don't care about nothing. Like, he I'm here to put the ball in a basket, and that's it. And a lot of these dudes love that mentality. You don't, don't give a who about anything. Don't ask me to do nothing else. <laughs> I'm here to put the, the the ball in the basket. That's what I'm here to do. Yo, that is his job. And you, he's really good at it. Carmelo Anthony is your favorite player. It tells me a lot about you as a person. Carmelo is one of my favorite players of all time. One of I can get. One. I mean, my favorite player is Paul Pierce. I don't have much room to talk here. Okay, but yeah, as, because Paul Pierce is Paul Pierce would play defense when he wanted to. Definitely, definitely. But he's the epitome of slow. Well, not the epitome of slow mo. The epitome of slow mo to me is Joe Johnson. Yeah. But he gets to his spot. Did what he had to do. Yeah. Chris, I mean Chris Paul. Uh, Paul Pierce. I never liked him a lot, but there was times where I'm like, Corey might be right about this guy. Bro, he never he was always ready for the moment. Always ready for the moment. And didn't matter who it was, all of all the guys that's why I always laugh and people be like, Yo, your goat's Paul Pierce. I'm like, What's my goat gave your goat buckets? <laughs> Who's your goat? My goat gave your goat buckets. Oh, it's Coke. Okay, you want me to send you oh it's Brown. Oh, you want me to send you some videos? It was oh, crazy. It's I when we had that argument, I'm like, it was buckets back and forth. Okay, I'm not here to argue that. Dwayne they gave you buckets too. I'm not here to argue that. That's a valid it's a valid point, but I'm just here to tell you, Mago gave you go buckets. Couldn't guard him. They was on the sideline trying to figure out how that was going to get to him. Oh, James Harden not playing tonight? Oh, no. No, that's the starting five. G- Whoa, who's their center? Bruce Brown? Bruce or Brown? KD? Bruce Brown's shorter than me. Uh, really? No, Chris. Bruce Brown like 6'3". Well, I, I understand what you're yeah. saying. Well, I, I, he looked kind of big in the picture. I hate Kelly Oubre. Do not hate. I hate Kelly Oubre. He should be so much better than he is. Swaggy. Swaggy Kelly. Swaggy K. Swaggy K. Did you hear, um, I think it was the USC coach that Gilbert Arenas had on his podcast. And he's, they both were just like, Nick Young is the um, is a top five offensive talent all time. Yes. And I do not disagree. No, I've seen, I've seen Nick Young do some crazy things. Fuck it. I've seen Nick Young do some crazy things. But my thing is like. With ease. With ease. But then you get to the league and people, they just they play, play defense. defense. I'm, I'm not here to play defense. Oh, man. I have to play in the system. I can't just shoot the ball whenever I feel like it. Go to work. They little, yeah, you just, you're going to cut them to pieces. Yeah. But I don't know, man. It's, I'll always argue that Dwayne Wade gave Paul Pierce a bucket. He did. And he did. But, I mean, our team was... Your team was aged out by the time it got Game to seven of, I think that was the, the year y'all beat the um, Thunder. Game seven of that series. And we, I've already discussed here how the no calls of that series forced it to game seven. We should have beat y'all in five. But if you look at the box score of that game seven, it's like Celtics by 10. Celtics by six. Tied. 
heat by 20. And it's like, wait, it was literally aged. Like, their bodies just completely, like, checked out on them in the second half of that game seven. Because, like, I I was watching, I remember watching that game seven, like, yo, we can beat them. And I'm just watching, like, KG, like, limp down and, like, try to run gingerly. Rondo done got abused and his arm rolled up on him. By D Wade, the dirt. I don't feel like D Wade gets enough credit for the dirty stuff that he's done over his career. One of the best. It's like, but just yeah, call it what it is. One of the best. Low key dirty. High key, one of the best. What? Top three shooting guards of all time. Without doubt. Well, um, I think James Harden's gonna make that really tough on him, but I don't. Ooh. Okay. I don't. I don't think James Harden has the will. But they. they Statistically, he's gonna outrun Wade on everything but block shots because you know Wade loved to block his shot. Oh, he but, was the best at that. Oh, okay. yeah, but James Harden might be the best offensive player I've ever seen, and I will argue that Tracy McGrady will always be the best offensive player I've ever seen. I, I, I get that. I, I do get that argument. But watching what James Harden like, James James Harden, T Mac could do exactly what James Harden has done if he was put in a similar situation. That Dan Antonio had him in, mm-hmm. where it was just like, do whatever you want. Yeah. Get the ball. We have five seconds to get the ball up. T Max coach in Houston. Was it Rudy Tomjanovich, I think? He had Doc for a little bit. I he think. had Doc in Orlando, and I think he had Rudy in Houston. And mm-hmm. It's just like, that's, you know, post Steve Francis. Yao yeah. Ming was still there. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Why Steph Curry? And one! Oh. Yeah. Why Steph Curry the best? Steph, Steph Curry should win MVP this year off of pure. What he does for that team. This team is 14 and 12. You remember how bad they looked that first night, bro? They looked awful when everybody broke them crazy. Because, like, two days before, I made, like, I was just like. You made comments. Yeah, I was like, yo, they're going to be at least a 60. Look look at numbers last four games. 40, 50, 50, and 90. And he's averaging eight threes a game. Wardell. Wardell going crazy. Wardell. (laughs) Best meme of the year. Somebody call him Wardell. He's just. (laughs) Who? (laughs) Who? My mother don't even call me Wardell. Yeah, bro. But whenever um, Andrew Wiggins decides to wake up, this team will actually be scary. I I think he woke up as much as possible. Uh, we we talk about you know we we have to stop talking about potential. He's Andrew Wiggins is twenty five. He's a bust. There's only so much potential. And and he's a bust because of the expectations that were on him beforehand. Oh, wait, wait on that. On oh, the expectations that were put on him before. Like, you know, everybody thought Andrew Wiggins was supposed to be the next he's LeBron. Be, yeah, he's still LeBron. Ooh. All right, you need to relax. He's the Canadian LeBron. <laughs> exactly. I, he had one of the craziest hoop mixtapes I've seen in Yo, my life. It's real crazy. Him, it was him and Jabari Parker. Where we thought that was the next um, Mellow and LeBron. It's like, oh, dude, draft all over. Do again. not ever disrespect Jabari Parker. Where is he now? I don't. I think he's, is he on a team? I think he's in Chicago. Don't tell me. He's or in Chicago. no, Sacramento. He has to be in Sacramento. Jabari Parker. Before there was Giannis, he's with Sacramento. Yeah. Dang, he's behind everybody. He's behind Harrison Barnes, the other bust. Harrison Barnes is not a bus. Harrison Barnes got a ring. He's not Marvin, a bus. Marvin, but yeah, you're not going to go down that. <laughs> Corey Brewer has a 50-point game. We're not going to sit here and take single... But who said Corey Brewer was supposed to be the next Tony Allen? To solve one. Like, come on now. But they, they were calling um, Harrison Barnes the next Kobe. He has the same moves. Just can't make the same shots. <laughs> Negro, I got Kobe moves. I just can't <laughs> hit him. I can clearly be a shot. I got crazy footwork. I'm just probably not going to hit the shot. 
Lost about six six. Yeah. True story. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be a problem. Yes. <laughs> Shoot, if I was six six, y'all wouldn't know what to do with me. <laughs> if I was six two. Out here pioneering, scaring everybody. <laughs> yeah, bro. It's just there's a lot of like Kevin Durant and criteria is always a really really important part when you talk about grading or choosing or listing people because what you view as important oh my god what you view as important other people may not view as important like to me degree of difficulty is very very important so sure Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and LeBron and um all those that Shaq it's a lot of dunks a lot of post moves but to me it's harder to score those step back three pointers that you'll get out of James Harden. But I think James Harden just finds his way around. Well, you gotta catch me around the game. Yes. I so agree. like Tracy McGrady imposed his will. Yeah. For somebody who probably weighed like two hundred ten pounds, soaking wet. Soaking wet. He imposed his will on teams. He just. I've never seen somebody jump that high that quickly. Yeah. Like. People always talk about hang time, like how long can you stay in the air. But like, if y'all jumped at the same time, he got to top. Like, if, if he got there first. If he was dealing with somebody else who could jump as high as him, he got there first. I have no idea how. Yeah, the, and that's why people always remember the Vince Carter slam dunk contest. Little did they know, Tracy McGrady has two dunks that might be better than some of Vince Carter's dunks. Yeah. He had I forgot what it was, one of those two K moves. We threw it, one eighty, dominated it backwards, and I'm just like, yo, different. he he's different, different. And they were on the same team at that time. I don't know why they. Well, I do know why they broke that team off. But. Oh, Tra- Trace McGrady is asking too much money. Yeah, as he should though. <laughs> I was like, he's asking for money. He was old. <laughs> like, come on. And Toronto was like, nah, we'd rather just suck. That way, Kyle Lowry could be the best Raptor of all time. Which sucks because it definitely should have been DeMar DeRozan. Should have been DeMar. Yeah. <laughs> DeMar, I say it the less <laughs> One of the... Drake, for what Drake lacks in yes. rapping and albums, yes. he is hilarious. Hey, he's a great, like, he's an icon. Like, don't, don't get me twisted there. There's very few people I get as happy when I see like Drake just pop out of nowhere. When I saw the State Farm, yeah, I was like, very. Oh, I was why, like, why is Drake here? Is it his ACL tour? What is he doing out here? Yeah, aren't you supposed to be in a studio? That's why. Oh, that's on. why he's one of the best offensive players I've ever seen. Uh, because he can pass the ball. Because I can pass the ball. Mike, you're one of the best offensive players I've ever seen. Thank you. I appreciate it. I've always wanted to make the NBA Hall of Fame without making the NBA. It's 2021, man. Anything's possible. Anything's possible. <laughs> I'm still waiting for... Ooh. Kyrie not real. Oh, we all know Kyrie not real. But, all right, let's enjoy this game a little bit. Oh, my goodness, Kyrie really ain't real. Facts. Protect black women. Let's not talk about that again. <laughs> I'm just saying that we should. 